I'm Andy Ade. It was the 21st of September, and this is Thought Press. It's called assisted reproduction, and is being considered a new kind of adoption. For some women, it's their only option. I just continued having miscarriages. By the time we got to a fertility specialist, our options were somewhat limited because I was getting older. Faith Lapidus looks at ways mothers today are still being able to have children, even though they may not be able to. We look at donors and surrogate mothers. Also, we're going back to the moon. NASA is building a rocket that has a strong resemblance to Apollo. We'll tell you how the new spacecraft compares. British police released new video of the London bombers, but more than a week before the July 7 attacks. We'll look at an image many Americans hold of Muslims. Finally, President Bush's disapproval rating is at its highest. We look at more of the numbers next on this stop press. I'm Andy Otto. Welcome to this stop press, where it's news plus more. And where you may find something you never knew you cared about. We bring things all together. Thanks for listening. Your feedback is important. You can let us know what you think anytime by emailing us at thoughtpress@gmail.com, or you can call our listener line at 206-33 Think. That's 206-338-4465. Also, we've begun a ThoughtPress newsletter to complement our podcast. More on that at the end of the show. Well, we just wanted to let you know that we are now posting an alternate MP3 link to this podcast at our website. In fact, to each and every podcast, we know that many non-iPod music players are not able to play our enhanced version of this podcast. So, anytime there's a new ThoughtPress, head to thoughtpress.blogspot.com to download the MP3 version. This, thanks to your feedback, email us anytime thoughtpress@gmail.com. Or call two zero six three three think. Contact right. Okay, engine stop. We copy you down, Eagle. Tranquility Base here. The Eagle has landed. Do you remember that moment thirty six years ago? One billion people were watching for the first landing on the moon. Now NASA wants to do it again. Return humans to the moon. It could be done by twenty eighteen. But why? Well, President Bush last year called for the U.S. to return to the moon by 2020, which would springboard exploration to Mars. Now, NASA has unveiled new plans of a new rocket that will take humans to the moon. The new crew exploration vehicle looks like a lot like the Apollo rocket, which was used in 1969. It would carry 25 tons of cargo, and its crew module would separate from the rocket, and just like the Apollo modules, would return to Earth with a parachute. The only difference is that instead of splashing down in the ocean, it would be able to touch down on land. NASA's Michael Griffin says the old ways are sometimes the best ways. It's a significant advancement over Apollo. Much of it looks the same, but that's because the physics of atmospheric entry haven't changed recently.、Uh, we really proved once again how much of it all the Apollo guys got right. Here are some of the differences with the new moon missions. The spacecraft can hold up to six instead of three astronauts, and on the moon's surface, a special landing vehicle could accommodate four persons for up to a week. Think of it as Apollo on steroids. We're talking about a capsule that weighs about 50% more than the Apollo command module, but can sustain itself for、uh, six months in lunar orbit. Offers quite a lot more capability. The space shuttle fleet is being phased out by 2010 in favor of the new spacecrafts like the Crew Exploration Vehicle. The U.S. is doing this alone. 
However, international partnerships will make a big difference in the program. The quality of the activities that we perform on the moon, their extent, their nature, uh, will be driven, in our view, largely by what nations elect to partner with us. The United States will be able to provide core transportation to and from the moon, and uh, we will hopefully combine that with the efforts of international partners to make a truly robust lunar exploration activity something which is possible. How much will this new rocket and launch system cost? Hear this. $104 billion. Apollo, in today's dollars, cost about half of that. As for safety, NASA says the new rocket and capsule would be 20 times safer than the shuttle. Main reason? There will be an emergency rocket that would lift the crew to safety during a problem launch. British police have released video footage showing the London subway suicide bombings on a reconnaissance trip less than two weeks before the July 7th blast that killed 56 people. Scotland Yard says the closed-circuit television recordings show three of the four bombers traveling through, the, through London on June 28th, making the same journey they did on the day of the bombings. Officials believe they were checking out potential targets on the London transport system and checking how long the journey would take on the day of the attack. This came one day after al-Qaeda's number two leader, Ayman al-Zawari, said the terror network was behind the bombings. In a video broadcast on the Arabic-language Al Jazeera television, he said the bombings were aimed against what he termed as British aggression against Muslims and its part in creating Israel. After the September 11, 2001 attacks, the world has become a difficult place for Muslims who say terrorists are using their religion to exploit terrorism. In America, the image of Muslims are not always accurate. Jim Bertel reports. In the United States, a country founded on religious freedom, Islam thrives. With more than 5 million members, it is the fastest growing religion in the country. Its members trace their roots to Asia, the Middle East, and Africa a microcosm of the Islamic world. But after Islamist terrorists turned planes into weapons four years ago, Muslim Americans have seen their religion severely criticized, with some outspoken critics describing Islam as a terrorist organization. Rabia Ahmed, a spokesperson for the Council on Islamic Relations, says Islamist terrorists are not true Muslims. These extremist few um, who are actually acting outside of the fold of Islam use our religion, manipulate it to promote their political agenda. And unfortunately, um, a couple people who are acting outside of the fold of Islam, like these terrorists, um, will get more headline coverage than thousands of Muslims who condemn terrorism. There is an intellectual and religious struggle within Islam itself between moderates and radicals who want to impose their extreme religious beliefs. That war of ideas is being waged in many mosques and Islamic centers in the United States. A recent study by the Center for Religious Freedom looked at hundreds of books and pamphlets collected at mosques and Islamic centers in the U.S. The literature, published by the Saudi government, promotes the extreme form of Wahhabi Islam found in Saudi Arabia. Nina Shea authored the report. Well, they said, for example, be disassociated from the infidel it's your religious obligation to hate the Christian and the Jew, to hate America, 
never help the infidel, never help Americans. Islamic leaders say this literature is not representative of the views held by most Muslim Americans. Nonetheless, Zahid Bukhari of the Center for Muslim Christian Understanding at Georgetown University says the events of the past four years have caused many Muslim Americans to do some soul searching. They were living here physically, mentally and spiritually they used to live in back home, back home societies. But now they are also trying to live mentally and spiritually here in this land. Because, as Rabia Ahmed says, Islam is their religion, but the United States is their home. This is home and, and we have to stay and we have to uh, represent um, our faith properly and accurately and we have to fight for the civil liberties guaranteed to us by the Constitution. They also have to fight the discrimination resulting from acts by extremists. After homegrown Islamist terrorists attacked London in July, Islamic leaders in the United States took the unprecedented step of issuing a religious edict known as a fatwa condemning religious extremism and calling suicide bombers criminals, not martyrs. There is no justification in Islam for extremism or terrorism. The edict forbids Muslims from committing terrorism or helping terror groups and says it is a religious duty to cooperate with law enforcement. Rabia Ahmed says it also served another purpose. It also sends a message to uh, people of other faiths who are kind of confused on where Islam stands on the issue of terrorism. Working at the grassroots level, Muslim Americans are reaching across religious lines to help others better understand their religion. Rabia Ahmed hopes by changing attitudes and stereotypes, it will become easier for future generations of Muslims in this country to be seen as truly American. Well, President Bush has made great success with North Korea in a disarmament agreement. Still, the president's approval rating is at its lowest, 40%. Even worse, his disapproval rating is at 58%. That's a new high. Many believe that due to the government response to Hurricane Katrina, the war in Iraq, and the economy have shown that the president is not a strong or decisive leader. Carol Doherty of the Pew Research Center says he's lost support of independence, he's losing ground of his own party, and he's lost the Democrats a long time ago. White House Press Secretary says the president must govern on what he believes is right and not on the results of polls. The numbers we gave you were from a USA CNN Gallup poll taken a week ago. That poll also showed that 63% of those polled believe troops should be removed from Iraq. And get this, 59% says it was a mistake to invade the country. Big swing since a year ago. As for the hurricane efforts, poll respondents were asked what the best way to pay for the Katrina recovery effort was. More than half, 54%, said cutting spending in Iraq would be the best way. 17% said raise taxes, and 15% said to increase the deficit. 
Where do you fit in these numbers? Email us at thoughtpress at gmail.com. Okay, here's a question. What first comes to mind when we say the word surrogate? Surrogate mother, of course. Today, surrogacy is becoming more common. Assisted reproduction is the term for it, and it's not just surrogacy. We're living in a time where we'll soon be able to choose our baby's eye color. The costs are staggering, but that aside, there are many questions to be answered. And as Faith Lapid has found out, assisted reproduction is just another way to have a baby. We're living in a fertile new world where babies are not necessarily made the traditional way. But the growing number of people who fulfill their dreams of starting a family using egg donors, sperm donors, and surrogate mothers often struggle with a set of non-traditional questions. How will we bond with a child that's not totally ours? How will grandparents and other family members react to this unorthodox genesis? Will society treat these children differently? Experts say finding answers to such questions is key to raising happy and healthy children. Kim Peleg was in her late 30s when she and her husband began trying to have a second child. I just continued having miscarriages. And so by the time we got to a fertility specialist, our options were somewhat limited because I was getting older. And so he recommended egg donor. Egg donors are young women who, for a fee, provide eggs for infertile couples. Based on a short physical and medical description of women who worked with their fertility specialist, the Pelegs chose a donor. Several eggs were artificially inseminated with her husband's sperm and implanted in her womb. Doctors hoped at least one would grow. As often occurs with this procedure, Ms. Peleg ended up expecting twins. She says it was not until the last months of pregnancy that she started to feel attached to her babies made sense to me that I wouldn't have felt attached to the babies because it wasn't an ordinary pregnancy in that way. It was very different from the way I'd felt when I'd got pregnant with my first son. And I think by the last few months, I felt as attached as I could have, I think. I was very nervous about having twins, but I was less nervous about whether I was going to love them or whether I was going to feel about them the way I felt about my first child. The Pelegs are among an increasing number of couples who are having children with outside help from egg donors, sperm banks, surrogate mothers, technicians who perform in vitro fertilization or other treatments like gamete intrafallopian transfer. In a six-year period from 1996 to 2002, the number of babies born using some form of assisted reproductive technology increased over 100%. It was actually a 120% increase. As a developmental and clinical psychologist, Diane Ehrensaft has become familiar with the concerns of parents of these children. Is my child going to be okay? Are there any risks to my child for being born with this new scientific procedure? Will my child bond to me? And how will the world receive the children? In her book, Mommies, Daddies, Donors, Surrogates, Professor Ehrensaft writes that children conceived through reproductive technology are more likely to have a feeling of being different, just like adopted or foster children. Some people refer to children conceived using egg donors, sperm donors, or surrogates as half-adopted because there was an outside person who doesn't raise the child who's responsible for half the child's genetic makeup. But then there's a parent right in the house under the same roof who indeed is the genetic parent of the child. 
what is different for these children than adopted children is number one they had two parents who always intended to have them and set out in this way to have them number two these are children who are made of science not sex and it shouldn't be a secret Diane Ehrensaft says parents must tell their children how they were conceived. Tell the baby as soon as the baby's born. So you get used to telling the story, and it rolls off your tongue. And by the time the baby can understand words, it's already a familiar story. She also says that support from the extended family, especially grandparents, is an important force in raising self-confident and happy children. Kim Peleg, whose twins are now eight years old, feels fortunate that she got encouragement from her family. My sisters were very supportive, and my father, whom I also had thought might have some feelings about them not being his bloodline, also had no concerns at all. He was also very supportive and very loving of the babies, and um, it's never been an issue for anyone in the family. However, psychologist Diane Ehrensaf says not all grandparents are accepting. On the other end of the spectrum are grandparents who literally disinherit their children or grandchildren because they find these ways of having babies unacceptable, and if the babies do not have a blood tie to them, they don't accept the babies as being part of their family. Professor Ehrensaft says everything suggests that children conceived with the assistance of a donor or surrogate can grow up to be perfectly healthy and happy adults. She predicts that a hundred years from now, people will look back and say, "Why were we even talking about that at all as a problem? It's just another way to have a family." I'm Faith Lapidus. For more information on surrogacy and some links, go to our website. ThoughtPress.blogspot.com. Well, we just begun a new feature on ThoughtPress. When you go to our website, you'll have the opportunity to subscribe to the ThoughtPress newsletter. We think you'll be happy with it. It complements the podcast, opens your world just a bit more, and you're not going to be bogged down with emails. Once in a while, we will send you an email with some stories of interest, or we'll let you know first of a new feature. If you like ThoughtPress, we promise you our newsletter will uh, be good for you. We'll periodically keep you up to date, and you can unsubscribe at any time. Just head to thoughtpress.blogspot.com to join. I'm Andy Otto, and you've just been listening to ThoughtPress. You may follow up with links or stories mentioned on this program through our website, thoughtpress.blogspot.com. If you have suggestions or comments or would like to be heard on ThoughtPress, call us at 206-33-THINK or email thoughtpress at gmail.com. Our number again is 206-338-4465. Our audio is hosted by archive.org and select content provided by Voice of America. Don't forget to visit our website, thoughtpress.blogspot.com.